Recap. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and today is Sunday, March 28th. Um, first, going to have to go ahead and apologize for last week. Obviously, there was no episode last week. It was just long week, so unfortunately, didn't get that out there, but uh, feeling a little bit better now. And the, the good news is, um, I know there's some confusion based off the tweet about whether or not the show was just done. Um, the show doesn't require a lot of planning and upkeep because it's just yours truly. But that means if there's a problem with yours truly, the show can't go on. Uh, we don't have anyone who's able to step in and fill in if the show needs to be uh, taken care of when I can't do it. So that's just unfortunately how we have to handle things. I also want to take this time to say that next week is Easter Sunday. So for those of you who celebrate Easter Sunday, obviously, you know, happy Easter. I also celebrate Easter Sunday, so there will not be an episode next week. Um, I know that some shows do, you know, an earlier release or a later release. But as I mentioned a few weeks back with my schedule, uh, these weekends are really the only times that I have right now that I can do these shows. You know, a recap of the week on Sunday is really the only way that the show can go forward with me at the helm. So for the time being, that means a busy Sunday is a Sunday without a tweet cap. And obviously, follow me at ttweetcap on Twitter or send me an email at uh, tweetcaponline at gmail, either or, and I'll be able to respond if there's any questions. There'll be updates, of course, on the Twitter page. And yeah. So with that, you know, all out of the way, let's get into today's episode. First, we're going to talk about something I wanted to talk about last week um, in last week's episode, and that is the streaming service Peacock. So if you listen back to one of our 2020 episodes, Matt and I did, I said that I would never, ever download Peacock because it makes no sense to pay that kind of money, turns out between 5 and $10 to watch The Office for the 600th time, you could just buy the DVD box set or whatever and be done. And then I went on to say as a follow-up that Peacock has no original content, and because of this, there's no reason to have the app. Well, Peacock went ahead and bought itself some original content, professional wrestling. So the WWE Network, which has been around since, I mean, like, I think Netflix is the only thing that predates the WWE Network, actually. Um, it's been around quite a while, and they have sold their entire library to Peacock. So last weekend was their first weekend on the streamer. They had a live event that they put on there, as well as, you know, of course, the majority of their library. I believe they're still porting things over, but there was a catch. Something I didn't catch last weekend, actually, when I wanted to do my initial review, it was actually a very nice review. Um, it was laid out really well. I could find the content that I wanted to find because, like I said, I'm only there as a network subscriber. I'm not really there for Peacock, at least not at this point. And so I was going to give it a pretty good review. Not that, you know, my review matters necessarily. As it turns out, after last weekend, they started to go in there quietly and just take things off of Peacock. So... Things that you could watch before, as a fan, you can no longer watch on the Peacock application. And I know this is coming from me, the guy who said that the owner of art should be able to display their art or get rid of their art whenever they feel it's necessary. And there shouldn't be any entitlement from fans as to whether or not they have access to it. And I still agree with that. But I do think it's a shame that the WWE decided to sell its content. Because, I mean, they're, they're not, they weren't always a, 
you know, publicly traded company. They weren't always a global brand. And their history, the history that most of the fans my age, and I know I'm not the demographic that they're looking for, at least not entirely, this, you know, there's still a lot of kids show vibe, they, though they have grown up a little bit to try and keep up with other TV shows and the maturation of other content, both online and on TV. Um, I'm not their target audience, so I get with kids being the main focus of the brand, it might have been smart to take some of the less, uh, I don't even know the right word to say, professional is not the right word, but I mean, just the, the less modern angles, the things that the things that pro wrestling fans like me look back and say, oh my god, I can't believe I got excited for that. But even though we say those things, I also kind of feel like I was excited for them. I mean, there's a nostalgia aspect to it. And to look at, you know, these stories that were told and understand that certainly not necessarily products that children should be consuming any longer, but to no longer have access to them anywhere because the network itself is completely gone as well. I mean, that kind of that kind of really takes a you know a chunk out of an existing audience, a group of people who have been fans and have remained loyal fans through lean times as well as, of course, boom periods. And to have their content stripped away, content that they've been paying for, a million, you know, I want to say it's a million and two subscribers that had, you know, regularly had the WWE Network. And maybe those numbers were going down or maybe, you know, they figured that the, the library was worth more, you know, for sale than it was as its actual, you know, a pitch. Maybe NBC was willing to pay more than that uh, for access to the library every year. I just don't know. I don't know exactly what they did to get come to the agreement that they came to. But I do know that these changes, you know, mark it way, way down for me. Again, NBC has to protect its brand, and I get that. And, you know, some things were probably not compatible. So, it is what it is. There's only so much you can do. I do think that this was uh, mistimed or, yeah, I'll say it. I think this was mistimed. For those of you who are wrestling fans like me, there are alternatives that are actually getting into streaming now. Uh, they're becoming more accessible. They're getting more television time. Of course, talking mostly about AEW uh, as that's on TV, but Twitch Twitch is, I mean, it hosts all kinds of wrestling, uh, Major League Wrestling. Um, it hosts, I'm trying to think here, I want to say Impact is on Twitch too, and NWA might even be on the National Wrestling Alliance, for those of you who don't know. Uh, I think all three of those are on Twitch now, and Twitch is growing in popularity because of video games and streamers. And I mean, it's just for people, especially the older folks, the people who have been loyal to the brand for the longest, there are ways that they can spend their money to get the content that they want to get, to get a more mature content. And I just don't know for the WWE to sell to NBC and then immediately cut a bunch of content. Now, again, a lot of the content was content that I get why it was cut. So I'm not necessarily saying that it shouldn't have been done, but I am saying this provides an opening for a company like AEW, like Impact, NWA, MLW. I don't think Ring of Honor has anything yet, but if Ring of Honor, then sure, them too. Uh, it provides an opening for them to come in and say, hey, we know that not everyone who watches this are kids. Everyone started as a kid for the most part. I mean, it's not something that older folks get into uh, just because you need that connection, I think, to really be a fan. Um, and I'm sure others would disagree with me. If you disagree with me, let me know at recap or at my email, as I said at the beginning of the episode. But 
Uh, I do think that even though it is a show that is kind of trying to be a variety show for a family audience, so, you know, the kids can enjoy the new stars while the parents can enjoy the old stars, and you know, nostalgia mixed with the future. I mean, that's that's what they're trying to do. That's their whole, you know, that's their business model. <laughs> the success has been varied, I would say, in regards to that. I think that this is just a, an opening. Again, not necessarily a bad thing. And NBC and WWE came to an agreement, and they're allowed to do whatever they want. I'm staying firm on my belief there, but I just wanted to give my two cents about that. Uh, I think Peacock's um, attempt to clean up the WWE uh, may do well for Peacock, but honestly, I think it's going to alienate. Any- uh, not any, because we're also we have to go to Peacock unless you want to pay pay sixty dollars to watch the live pay per views. So I guess they know what they're doing. They know that if you want to watch professional wrestling and you have no other options, that you got to go to them. But there are other options, and so I would just say that this is unfortunately for WWE a misstep. I think um, short term and maybe even you know mid range term would be great because they're going to have that money from you know, selling the rights to NBC, but I mean, I don't know if long-term is going to be the plan that they think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to do a lot for Peacock, and I don't think it's going to do a lot to keep people away from the alternatives, you know, and I just named, by the way, the North American alternatives. There are alternatives, you know, overseas as well, but, uh, you know, I just think that I'm getting off track here. The point is, I think that this was a misstep uh, I think the app, by the way, looks fine. I think that they are really promoting professional wrestling, and I hope they continue to do that. But uh, we'll see. I don't think they will. I think that come you know the end of next month, they'll move on to something else, maybe a new TV show, maybe they'll buy someone else, some sports, uh, you know, some other sports. I don't know what, who's really shopping around right now. I know the NFL just had a major deal, so won't be them. But um, once the new shiny toy comes, I don't think that there will be any fanfare for professional wrestling because that's kind of the default. And I think WWE is going to find itself with some pretty angry fans uh, or at least annoyed fans. I know I'm not angry, but I'm annoyed. And that money will go quick. That's all I have to say about that. But the main thing I want to talk about today actually didn't happen on Twitter because obviously we know that this show is a loose suggestion. Um, not necessarily a, you know, steadfast rule. Instead, it happened on Reddit in the UK. And so for those of you who are on Reddit, you may have noticed that some of your favorite subreddits were marked private. This was done in protest of Reddit hiring a former UK politician. Uh, Her name is Amy Knight. She is a trans woman. And Amy Knight was hired by Reddit as one of its paid administration teams. So not a moderator, not a volunteer, although... I was told that she did start as a moderator on some subreddit. So she was a part of the community before she was hired. This was a paid position hired by the company. And she has, well, in addition to being a politician, which I think alone should have given Reddit some pause, and I'll get into that, uh, she has a, a hard story. And I say a hard story because there is some misinformation that I personally have heard about this story. And I do think that there needs to be a little bit better conversation about what happened because the way that it's being handled is not entirely correct, I think, but uh, we'll get into that. So Reddit hired Amy Knight 
uh, to be one of, you know, on its Reddit team. And Amy Knight has a father who has been convicted of several crimes, 22 uh, charges, rather, uh, related to his torture and sexual assault of a 10-year-old um, in his home in the UK. Um, he was charged. He pled not guilty, if that changes anything. But uh, he was found guilty by his peers unanimously. And uh, the police say that there was overwhelming evidence against him, including uh, the, the victim who did, you know, was, you know, found alive and did report it to police. Not right away, but eventually. And she was able to recall exactly what the room looked like, the different utensils. That's not the right word. I don't know what the right word is. I, I can't even think about it. It's horrific. You know, whips, chains, etc. There was pictures uh, of her on his computer. And again, he was the primary caregiver for his wife. His wife, of course, testified as well that he didn't do these things, but their testimonies did not match. Uh, it was very clear that something suspicious was going on and he was charged. However, he was let out on bail. And while out on bail, he actually ran Amy Knight's uh, campaigns. So Amy Knight, by the way, is a member of the Green Party in the UK. We'll talk about that in just a second. But uh, he was, I believe, the equivalent of a campaign manager. Um, but in addition to being a campaign manager, he was a registered member of the Green Party and one of the leaders of the Green Party in the UK. So he did have responsibilities. He was, you know, a player in that particular party. And of course, in those campaigns, again, all after being convicted, so not just charged, I believe convicted, these 22, um, 22 you know, counts of, I mean, they were from aggravated assault, I think. Obviously, there was um, those images of a minor. Uh, so a wide range of exactly what he was charged with. And so she, again, against everyone's better judgment, I guess, uh, decided to give him a prominent role in her uh, campaigns. Uh, campaigns that she, by the way, did not win ever. She, I don't believe she's ever actually held office, um, at least not that I saw. And yeah, the party found out, cut ties with her. She tried for a different party. They found out about her husband, who had apparently been hacked, according to them, um, and posted weird fantasies about children so they dropped her um and then reddit of course after two high profile uh scandals decided to hire this person but in the uk politics subreddit which is by the way i mean just a side note about reddit because i know not everybody is familiar with this particular app um reddit is like a corporate a corporate version or a mainstream version of what people think the wild west of the internet is um it's a forum obviously but and they have some problems for uh, for sure in terms of moderating their content. But all in all, normal people can go on and utilize Reddit as a forum to talk to people about normal things, uh, you know, TV shows, video games, sports. Um, so I know a lot of people think about the the trolls on Wall Street bet bets rather, or you know, obviously these this this pedophile situation, but. It's it's not all like that. So I just wanted to put that clarity point because you're not going to hear that point from anyone who works at an actual you know news agency. I've been doing the research, and that's just not part of the uh, the narrative that they're working with. Reddit is supposed to be this wild west of you know 
this den of thieves, but it's really not. And it's, it's actually a shame because there are far worse places on the internet. Um, and people with ill intent are congregating at those places as we speak. Um, talking about the message boards and things like that, that again, I don't even, I couldn't even name them all because I'm not a member, but, um, they do exist. And it's a real shame that Reddit is somehow being, uh, put into that category because all in all, Reddit actually does an okay job. And there is a serious problem, but Reddit is far from it. So the idea that that would be the narrative is upsetting, but not all that surprising. Anyway, moving on, uh, somebody in the UK politics subreddit, and I have yet to find if this was on purpose or not. I have yet to find if this person knew about the hiring and posted the story or not. Not that this matters. Uh, but posted a story about Amy Knight and her father and the entire situation, you know, about his arrest, his charge for those violent crimes, her putting him in charge of, you know, the campaigns and the party, and then the party's lack of response until two years after he had already been, you know, working for them. And the that user was... I believe, permanently banned uh, initially. Obviously, they've been brought back. They made that one subreddit private, so the UK politics subreddit went private, specifically because they weren't sure what happened. An article had been published, and then all of a sudden, somebody lost access to, you know, to their community. So they found out that this particular employee had been doxxed before. As I mentioned, this employee is trans, and I'm not going to sit and pretend just because I think that this employee was in the wrong in terms of how she handled her father, uh, that a trans person on the internet has it easy. Um, they say that this employee was being doxxed, which is horrible. I don't understand why people think it's a good idea. It never ends well for, well, it doesn't end well for either person. Uh, the person who does it, usually gets caught and usually gets, you know, surveilled. And the person who, unfortunately, not unfortunately necessarily, but the person who receives it, well, they usually get a whole bunch of stuff coming to their, you know, house or their personal accounts or whatever. So it's just never a good idea. It never ends well, yet we keep doing it. So um, this person was doxxed, um, apparently, as well as threatened by members of the Reddit community. Because like I said, while Reddit is certainly not the den of thieves it's been painted as. There are plenty, plenty of trolls that exist on the many uh, subreddits. I mean, there are some subreddits that are entirely devoid of what seems to be normal conversation. But anyway, that's for another day. That's for a Reddit deep dive. Moving moving along. Sorry, I got distracted by a uh, message from somebody. Um, basically, what ended up happening is they overprotected this particular employee. So they put new rules in place to make sure that no threats and no personal information could be posted. And they didn't take into account that this person was A, a politician, and B, involved in a two, rather, high-profile, you know, cases. Uh, this person did have, of course, you know, her father, uh, who was, you know, well-known in the UK for his uh, crimes. And then, of course, her hiring of him was its own scandal onto itself and resulted in her losing her, you know, stature within the Green Party in the UK. So this is not, you know, a normal everyday person who is being bullied. Uh, this was a celebrity being bullied, um, although I use that very, very loosely. Um, and I'll get into that in just a second. Essentially, they overprotected. This person was banned. Um, and when the story got out, 
Obviously, Reddit tried to correct it, but at that point, you know, it had been made clear that, you know, this person is connected to a violent uh, predator and had a job at Reddit. So Redditors started making on their own, making their subreddits private, or some of them kept it open, obviously, but posted about it. Um, not making sure not to use names because they, again, didn't want to get permanently banned for uh, using this person's name. And all of this led to Reddit firing this particular uh, administrator. So uh, Amy Knight no longer works at Reddit. Reddit has since apologized, uh, said that they didn't live up to their own standards. Um, they didn't do enough vetting and that they, you know, wanted to do better in the future. So a couple of things that I wanted to unpack here. First and foremost, and I did a lot of research on this this weekend, I read a lot more about UK politics and about this particular politician than I think anyone else has. And the reason for that is, um, I believe in the last election that Amy Knight stood for, um, she received 1.2% of the vote. Um, the Green Party in total has one seat in the House of Commons, which is, you know, the actual parliament, two seats in the House of Lords, which for those of you who don't know UK politics, and I understand that I'm an American, and Americans and Brits have been feuding recently, ever since the uh, the royal family saga really kicked off in earnest, but I think the House of Lords is probably the dumbest idea that I've ever heard of in a democracy. Um, the fact that it exists, I think, calls into question just how democratic the UK system is, Thankfully, the House of Lords is not particularly powerful, much like the monarchy itself. So, I mean, I guess they probably just live with it over there. But certainly not all that impressive of a national profile. Uh, locally, it's got some leadership. I don't believe anyone is... Uh, I don't believe the Green Party is really running anything. I think it is a part of some winning coalitions. And for those of you who don't know... Uh, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, from what I gather, the UK doesn't really govern un govern under one party is the majority, one party is not. Um, there's quite a few different parties. Usually nobody has a clear-cut majority. Uh, not usually, but often nobody has a clear-cut majority. And so these smaller parties, like the Green Party that only has a couple of seats, for example, it's got two seats in the London Assembly, it can join with a coalition of politicians and like-minded leaders uh, to get certain things done. So if you're the Green Party and you skew, of course, liberal, as Green Party does both here in the United States and in the UK, you might side with liberals in order to try and push a green agenda. So you may be focused more on environmentalism, even though there might be some disagreements on exactly how that looks. You have a shared agreement on you know, certain social policies so you can govern on those, you can form a coalition around those, and then you can hash out the politics of envi the environment at a later date. Again, it's not something that we see here, and I don't want to pretend that I'm an expert on uh, parliamentarian politics because I just i am not. But the Green Party is not a popular party, uh, to put it bluntly. There's not a lot, other than, again, some local governments that are part of the coalition that the leadership is from. They are not a particularly important group of people. Um, they do have just shy of a million votes, usually in national elections. So they are underrepresented in the House of Commons. Uh, because they're so spread out, they usually end up, again, with just one seat, even though they do have you know a million or so 
people who support them any given year. This is not, you know, like a Hillary Clinton or, uh, I don't know, that, that's probably the best example. Uh, Amy Knight is no Hillary Clinton. So this is not a well-known political name and a well-known political scandal. This would be, you know, equivalent to your mayor or your city council president uh, having a scandal, essentially. And, I mean, I've seen it in my, you know, local areas growing up and in school, and I'm sure everyone listening has seen a, a council member or, you know, a state representative, you know, get caught with some sort of charge, be embezzlement or something to that effect. So this is that level. And Reddit, of course, has taken it to a whole different spot. Um, so first things first, I can't see anywhere that she is a pedophile. Uh, I've seen on Reddit and I've heard in person this person called a pedophile. Uh, that's not true, at least not in any way that the uh, British court of law has declared. Though, of course, she did give her dad a job after he committed those atrocious acts. So that is not good. That's a major lapse of judgment. And I agree with Reddit in their decision to get rid of her. However, and this is the part that's going to get me into some trouble, I think. The fact that everyone has been calling her a pedophile is incredibly problematic, and it kind of states the point about why the original person uh, was banned in the first place. And I don't, again, I don't know if the original person was trying to even mention this person. It could have been just a story that they posted on UK politics. This was a rising star in the Green Party, which, like I said, not a big party, except for in certain regions, it has some, you know, pull, but still a, a public figure. And the UK politics would absolutely be the correct location for that story. So I don't know exactly why they would have been banned. And basically Reddit agreed that there's no reason why that story, even though it did involve an employee of Reddit, should have gotten anyone banned. And that's exactly why they went ahead and removed the employee in question. Because if you have to look at a story that is totally valid and say, um, can I post this? Will anyone get offended? It, this is going to hurt one of my employees. I mean, if one of your employees is involved in a scandal like that, unfortunately for that employee, even if they're very good at their job, it does pose a bit of a liability issue. So that's why I agree, by the way, with Reddit. The response has been, we'll say uneven from the Reddit community. I've seen some people you know, say that this will work itself out. The moderation issue has been fixed, and it has, at least according to Reddit. We'll have to see. Um, and other people are out for blood. They're, again, they're calling this person a pedophile. I just saw it today. Uh, Post it again. And they're, they're trying to cancel someone. Now, I'm not a big advocate for cancel cultures out of control. But I do think it's funny because a lot of the same people who are saying these things are those people who say cancel culture is out of control. Essentially, what is happening is this person's father committed crimes, and therefore this person should be barred from Reddit, should no longer be employable by Reddit, should no longer have any position of authority as a moderator on Reddit. They don't want this person anywhere near them because of something that her father did. Um, now, if you're cynical, you'll say it has nothing to do with her father. It has you know, everything to do with how she identifies. I won't go there because that's not my place. Um, I'm not going to pretend that there's probably not transphobia on Reddit. There's transphobia in every aspect of you know life. So it, of course, exists on Reddit. 
But let's say it's still just based entirely around the pedophile accusations um, and, of course, the actual pedophile that is her father. One, one person's father doesn't get to determine what that person is for the rest of their life. And I just think it's interesting that the group that – and it's usually the group. There's other people. But a lot of the group that was upset about you know a plastic potato losing the word Mr. on his logo – not on his name, just on his logo, is now up in arms that a person that they, a person that knows a pedophile, can have a job. I think that we need to be consistent, especially people who use Reddit. And the reason I say we is because I do use Reddit, although I'm not as big on Reddit as I am you know, other places. Like I said at the beginning of this rant, and this has been a rant mostly, this is just kind of a story that piqued my interest. Um, not very funny, hopefully informative. Reddit has come under scrutiny lately. Uh, I would say it's always been under some scrutiny, but January 6th attacks on the Capitol, they immediately tried to find Redditors who they could use as uh, examples of forming a conspiracy against the United States. Wall Street Bets got, of course, famously shut down, um, or rather, Wall Street Bets famously shut down the stock market and was pretty much universally you know, booed for doing it, even though the companies that were shorting the stock to begin with just lost at their own game. Um, so Reddit has come under extreme scrutiny, and really all of social media has. I mean, we talk about, obviously, things like Parler or whatever, um, which exists as mostly a free speech right-wing um, Twitter. Not even. It's it's a right-wing propaganda machine, but whatever. It is a common space. They do get to speak, so it is a forum in that regard. The, the social media landscape has come under intense scrutiny because of how unregulated it's been. And what that means is that, at least for the time being, the, the people who care about having these forums and having these platforms need to do better than they're currently doing. Um, and I feel like I end almost every episode with a similar talk like this. I mean, this should basically just be uh, the, the preach cap because all I do is preach on this. But I think it's important. And since this is since this is online content, I think that it's, you know, appropriate to speak on it. We need to be the moderators for our own communities. And obviously on Reddit, those communities are well defined. Um, they are, you know, the actual subreddits. And they have actual moderators, as it turns out. But for every other social media, we need to be vigilant. We need to look at what's being posted. We need to look at what the discourse looks like around certain issues, around certain people. And we need to make sure that we're not providing any of the, I'll, I'll say old generations, because I believe it is mostly the older generations who are looking to do this, um, we don't provide them any ammunition because I think bluntly that the millennial and Gen Z group are growing in terms of their voice, in terms of their you know stature in society and in leadership, and they're doing so because of successfully using social media. Now, it comes with major drawbacks. I'm the first person to say that there are so many issues revolving around the use of you know, Twitter, the use of Facebook, um, 
it, it has become a breeding ground for some really nasty, nasty dis discourse. And it should be changed. Although I would probably posit that half of that nasty discourse is coming from these older generations to begin with. I think there is absolutely a fear of over exactly how well certain people have been able to utilize, certain young people, I should clarify, utilize um, social media to expand their voice, get their ideas heard, and break through the, you know, the pre-approved stuff, the stuff that comes from, you know, larger corporations, from, you know, larger news outlets, from, you know, the elected leaders who are predominantly of the baby of the baby boomer generation, even though they're no longer the majority of people who are voting age. So I think that some of this is being done disingenuously. Some of this, you know, attack on Reddit, attack on Twitter, attack on social media to begin with. I mean, it's very uncommon for young people to just hate social media. Sure, like myself, we'll always say, yeah, there's some toxic parts of the internet because there is. The internet and it should be handled, by the way. I know some people say there are some toxic parts of the internet, but I don't believe there's a but. There are some toxic parts to the internet, full stop. It can be fixed. It should be fixed. However, fixing toxic, you know, toxic internet discourse is not the same as disenfranchising young people who have finally found a platform that they can utilize when society has shifted away from young people and into instead keeping power on the older generations. Um, the way things used to be done are not the way things always need to be done. And so I think that as users, specifically as users who are part of the millennial group, and this is no disrespect to Gen Z, uh, I'm, I'm right on that bubble myself, but Gen Z's kind of, you know, kind of trends a little young. Uh, and I think that there's just, you know, there needs to be a concentrated leadership effort here. Gen Z is a part of, but I think millennials, especially since some of them are, you know, in their late 30s at this point, probably can constitute the best bet to really focus on this. But there needs to be an effort to basically self-observe, see who is posting this horrific rhetoric, see who isn't. And that way, when it gets, you know, called out as something other than the truth, we know. And hopefully, if we can, you know, do it correctly, if we can have a higher level of discourse on, you know, platforms like Reddit, where instead of calling someone a pedophile, when no evidence exists of pedophilia, but instead calling out exactly what happened. I mean, what happened is bad enough. There was a, a hire that probably shouldn't have happened. And if it should have happened, if Reddit had, you know, been confident in its hiring, then that should have been made clear to people. Uh, we know that it shouldn't have happened because Reddit cut and ran. And some people will say that that's, you know, part of the cancel culture thing, but I disagree. Reddit had every opportunity to defend its hire. If it said that, you know, it could have said exactly what I just said, in fact. It could have said that there was absolutely no evidence of any crime committed by this, you know, particular employee. There was a lapse of judgment, sure. But who hasn't had a lapse of judgment? This person's a good employee. Uh, we have corrected our error in over-policing mention, policing mentioning of this person's name because it is fair for you know people in the UK politics subreddit to talk about UK politician, uh, even if it's not something that's particularly flattering. As you know, anyone who's ever talked about politics knows that's the majority of that discourse. They absolutely could have gone that route, and I wouldn't have because I think it was a mistake. I think they didn't know that this person had been 
had done this, I, I'm sure that this person, um, Amy Knight, hadn't told them about either of these scandals or about the crimes because, well, that's not she didn't tell anybody the first time when uh, she gave her dad the job. She specifically made made it a point not to tell anybody. So I think that we know that she's not telling people that this happened. And it's understandable, I guess, why you want to keep it a secret. But at the same time, if you're so worried about it, then why is, you know, why are you giving this person a job as, you know, your campaign agent? I, want, I believe it's campaign agent. For anyone who knows the answer of how politics work in the UK, and I'm super interested, by the way, please, you know, reach out to me on Twitter or send me an email because I would love to know exactly how a campaign works and what position a campaign agent is. I'm I'm getting a campaign manager group, but it sounds like this person was involved in like party decisions too. So maybe agent is for everybody. Maybe it's, you know, like a DCCC. I know there's not a lot of analogous groups here in the U.S. to, uh, you know, British politics is totally different. I would be interested. So if you are hearing this and you do have some insight, definitely let me know or send an email, tweetcaponline at gmail. And I would love to hear some more info about that. But anyway, to kind of wrap this up, I think, like I was saying before, that while this decision was correct, and while I think that I know, not I think, often hard to talk about what ifs because what ifs didn't happen. What happened happened. This person should have been fired because this person was lying. Um, and it was basically making an entire subreddit untenable. <laughs> because you can't mention this person's name out of fear of, you know, hurting them or causing, you know, fear in them. However, they were involved in some pretty bad scandals that were are totally fair game, and specifically in that subreddit. So there's just no way that you can make that work. There's no way you could put the, you know, the square peg in the round, the round spot for that particular one. I do think that the way that the discourse has played out amongst Redditors shows you exactly why we, as people who use social media, um, and I know that group is growing, especially amongst the pandemic. Hopefully that comes to an end soon. But I, I understand the reason why people would want, we as people who use social media need to do better. Because frankly, we're not going to get backed up by the older generations on this. Social media is foreign to them. Social media is scary to them not just because it represents some of the worst parts of discourse, but also because it represents some of the best parts of discourse and some of the youngest parts of discourse. That's my two cents on the Reddit situation here. Um, again, if you're a Redditor, let me know. What do you think? Um, but please, by the way, don't let, me, don't let me know that you think that this person's a pedophile. That's the number one thing I looked at in this particular story. I wanted to know if that was true if they had been a part of the actual kidnapping and torturing of a 10-year-old, because if they had been, that's just so beyond, so far beyond the pale, it's insane. Um, don't even work a job. That person should be in jail. Her, her father should be in jail. And I don't know how the system works in the UK. I know that they see themselves as certainly more fair than we are in the United States. I don't know if all that's true. But uh, anything less than a life sentence for that sounds like it's not enough. So I will say that if that's all you have to say, then don't say it. But if you do actually want to talk about how Reddit is baked into social media discourse and how hopefully Reddit, because of its moderators and because of its just its scale, can actually be seen as a place where real conversations and real changes could occur um, in making sure that the internet is a forum for speech, 
but not a forum for hate speech, not a forum for death threats, uh, and not a forum for, as our former president so eloquently put it, for you know five years, fake news. Again, I'm Ryan, and thank you for listening to the Tweetcast.